The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 14th chapter. Now when Jesus heard about the beheading of John the Baptist, he withdrew from there in a boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them and cured their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and the hour is now late. Send the crowds away so that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. Jesus said to them, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They replied, We have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. He said, Bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowds. And all ate and were filled. And they took up what was left over of the broken pieces, twelve baskets full. And those who ate were about five thousand men, besides women and children. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated, and the children may come forward for a children's sermon. morning. <laughs> if you're tired, raise your hand. Yay! <laughs> I could tell. You know what? I am too, though. I am too. I know. I'm tired from the other days, too. I am so tired. What made you, what made you tired? Yeah. Went to bed. Just need more of that. Yeah. Ooh, that's a fun movie. Yeah. Uh, I want to see it really late. Yeah. Sometimes summers are really fun, but they really wear you out too, don't they? Yeah. Um, I need to test. It's a video game, and I want to play Ooh. So there's plenty more fun here for the rest of the day, isn't there? Yeah. Well, I've got a question for you. Speaking of all the times when you're tired, I found that no matter if I was your age or my age or probably even when I'm older, when I'm tired, I don't always act as well as I probably should. Here's an example from when I was around your age. My mom would do a very good job, and sometimes my dad, but my mom loved to cook, and so she was the cook in the house. She'd do a very wonderful job on a good meal, and she'd set it down in front of us. Sometimes it'd be pot roast, or sometimes it'd be a chicken, and there'd be some potatoes and some green beans. That sounds good, right? Yeah. But sometimes, if I was feeling ornery or acting up, I'd look at it and say, I don't want that. Except for I'd say it a lot not as nice. <laughs> but I'd say something to the effect of, I don't want that. Now, 
How do you think my mother felt? Yeah. Yeah. She didn't like it, I can tell you that much. She didn't like it at all. And she said, no, that's what you're going to have to eat. And sometimes I'd say it again. I don't want that. And so she'd look at me, and she said, well, you can have that, or you can have nothing, or you can have a fried egg sandwich, which was always the third option. And she knew I didn't like fried egg sandwiches, and so it wasn't much of an option. <laughs> That'd be like if, what's, what's a food you don't like? Yeah. Lasagna. You don't like lasagna? We should trade sometime, Anthony. <laughs> you can have fried egg sandwiches. I'll have lasagna. It'll be good, yeah. Soup. Yeah, so just imagine whatever that is, that was the third option. You can have nothing, you could have that third option, or you could have what's on the table. And you know what I did every single time? What? I ate what's on the table. Because it wasn't really a choice. Sometimes I think we look at what God would have us do, like share three loaves and two fish when it doesn't even seem to make sense. Oh, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. I was waiting for this day, Anthony. I was waiting for this day. Five loaves and two fish. You are right. Sometimes we don't want to share those. Sometimes we don't know how to act, how God would have us act. And sometimes we get in our head, sometimes when we're tired or just not acting our best, that we have a choice in the matter. That we can choose whether or not to act how God would want us to act. That we can choose whether or not we should follow God or not. This is what we are. And this is what we do in this world. We act like God would act. We act like Jesus would act. When we don't, it's not really a choice. It's just we're not acting like we should. Now, there are a couple other options people tell you about. Looking out at the whole world and deciding for yourself. But honestly, that's like eating nothing or eating a hard egg sandwich. It's not much of a choice. What you're to do... You and you, and you, and you, and you, and you. Even if you're tired, no matter what. You're to act like Jesus would act. Which is to love one another, to serve one another, to forgive one another. What are you supposed to be like? Jesus. Jesus. You are supposed to be like Jesus. Now that's hard. And you're going to fail. But just keep trying. Just like you do with every other part of life. And just like when you see something on the table that you don't like, give it a shot anyways. <laughs> do your best. Yes? We should eat together sometime. And in fact, we will in the second part of this service. But for now, we should pray. Let us pray. God, we give you thanks. We give you thanks because you love us, even when we look at your table and we don't like what we see. We give you thanks because you always forgive us. You're always gracious towards us. You're slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. We give you thanks for all so many different chances in life. And we ask that in the midst of all these thankfulness, uh, all these thankful things that we have in our hearts, you would be near. You would help us to be like you, even when it's difficult. And that way we will keep trying all the days of our lives. Thank you for being our God, and thank you for making us your people. In your name we pray. Amen.
the name of Jesus. Amen. It's a pretty familiar text, right? The feeding of the 5,000 with five loaves, two fish. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. It's a familiar text and one that we've wrestled with for quite a number of years. Sometimes this is the first time we're hearing this text, but for a lot of us, we've heard this text over and over and over again. But the question that came to my mind as we were working through this text over the week is what if the disciples had said no? What would happen if the disciples would have said no? If the disciples would have looked at five loaves and two fish, looked among themselves, the twelve plus Jesus, and said, well, you know what, we have probably enough for who we have here. And you know what, we could probably even stretch this to include a few more. But instead of making this more complicated than it needs to be, let's just send them into town. It's not like they don't have any money. It's not like they don't live near here. They're fine. They're going to figure it out. And we can reconvene later and just keep doing the same work that we've been doing. I mean, it's important to recognize, right, that Jesus didn't keep the crowds because they had no means of feeding themselves. They didn't keep the crowds because they had no means of going back into town. Jesus simply decided to keep the crowds. So what if the disciples said no? I don't really know what would have happened, but I don't believe it would have went very well or flown very well with Jesus. If Jesus wants to feed 5,000 people and more with five loaves and two fish, Jesus is going to feed 5,000 and more with five loaves and two fish. And the disciples standing in front of Jesus didn't really feel like there was much of an option. They didn't know how it was going to happen, and they didn't know what was going to happen, but they did know that when Jesus tells you to do something, you go ahead and do just that. Even if it doesn't look like there's enough, even if you, don't fi can, if, even if you can't figure out a way of how this is going to work, even if you can't see the purpose of doing this in the first place, just go ahead, do it. The same attitude is needed in coaching quite a lot. If you've ever tried to train yourself or if you've ever been a part of athletic anything or anything involving a coach, a lot of times you need to trust the coach and just do what they're telling you to do even though it goes against what you have in your head. I had a coach at one point that would not tell us how long we're going to run for or what distance we're going to run for. He would simply blow the whistle and tell us to run as hard as we possibly could and don't stop until you blow the whistle again. Now that sounds and still is terrifying to me. <laughs> it's like, coach, I'm not sure I can get all the way around this track going as hard as I can, let alone just whenever you decide to blow the whistle. But... As a requirement, we had to listen to the coach. We had to follow through with what the coach said. And if we weren't, we'd just do it over and over and over until we did. And what do you know? Over the course of the year, we got faster. We got better. None of us perished. We all had our legs at the end of practice. We could all go home. 
following Christ is about understanding when you have a choice and when you don't, and about trusting your coach, trusting your Lord, trusting your God. There are times when we have been given a lot of responsibility in this Christian life and we have to decide how we're best going to do things, which ministry we're going to be a part of, which effort we're going to go behind, which life-giving and changing moment we're going to steer towards. And there are other times when we feel like we have a choice, but we really don't. When we see those in need around our community, when we hear the cries of people in the paper or in the news, when we clearly understand hunger, or we clearly understand temptation, or we clearly understand the sin of our society and those around us, these are not moments when we have a choice. You are to be as Christ would be in this world. You are to be little Christs. You are to be disciples. You are to be apostles. You are to be adopted brothers of Christ and sons and daughters of the living God. It's not an option. Now, I'm not saying that because I'm disappointed in you. I'm not saying that because I don't think we've been doing good work as Trinity together. I'm saying that because it's easy to slip into this understanding of looking at who we are and what we have and the time that we have to spend throughout the day and start portioning it out according to our heart's desires. Well, I'd rather do this right now. I think this would go over better here. I'd rather spend my money on this instead of that. But first and foremost, we are disciples and stewards and members of God's kingdom come and God's will be done. And so, our options are different. Where should your money go? should always be first met with where is God's kingdom coming in and where should I be involved in that? Where should your time go should always be a part of the conversation of who am I and what is God calling me to do and my family to do and my community to do? How should I act should always be followed with, well, what is Christ doing in the scripture in front of me? What is the Holy Spirit doing with and around us? It may not always make sense, and it may not always seem logical, but through thick and thin, we follow, we give the five loaves, and we give the two fish that we have, and we see what God will do with them. The meal that we have before us today, our communion meal, our bread and our wine, is a good example of this. We gather together along with all of our offerings and we bring forth bread and wine and we break it 
And somehow we believe that God will come down and be among us and promise to us once again to give God's own self to us, to break and to bleed for us. And while that doesn't make sense, and we don't know how it happens, and our mechanics are faulty in how it happens, we also understand the blessing of God to be there. And we have seen time and time again God show up. It's not always my favorite part of the service to break the body of Christ again and to pour out God's blood again. But God asks us to. And so we do it. And in a surprising way, we find grace and love at the bottom of the cup instead of finding a cup of desire like the Garden of Gethsemane. So what is God calling you to be today? What is God calling you to do today? Who are you to be and how are you to act? What has been set on the table in front of you? It's okay to not love it and it's okay to not know it and it's okay to be confused by it but when you look at what's on the table Eat it. Do the thing you're supposed to do and be who you're supposed to be. For the sake of God's kingdom come and God's will be done. Look at this table. Look what's set before you. And be that. Amen. Amen.